This is the Hofstra Radio Alumni Audio Yearbook. Today is June 12th, 2022. Please tell us your name and the years you were at Hofstra Radio. Uh, hi, Brian. I'm Ethan Drylinger. I was at Hofstra Radio from 1987 to 89. Okay. And what shows did you work on at WRHU? Most often I worked on uh, Good, Good Day Hofstra. Um, I did a little bit of airwave um, and a little bit of new age images. And then I did a couple of, uh, you know, those kind of weekend shows that got taped that just ran kind of randomly throughout the weekend. Probably some better timing for that, but it seemed random. Okay. So, so like the public affairs shows, I guess. Right. Okay. Um, did you do any weekend engineering for any of the community volunteers? I did not have to do that during my time there. Okay. Did you have any titles or positions or jobs at the station? Um, not, not other than uh, being one of the hosts of uh, Good Day Hofstra. Okay. And um, did you use your own name on the air? Did you have a nickname or on-air persona? Nope. I used my own name uh, for better or for worse. Uh, through most of my radio career, I used my, ho- my own name. Okay. Um so I, I'm always curious, what is it that brings people to the radio station? And if you could, if this blends in your mind, um, when you first got to the station, um, what was it like? Maybe some of the people that you met there or what the office or the studios looked like. What do you recall, recall from your first time at the station? So I, I, was to, I transferred into Hofstra. So I did two years at the University of Bridgeport. Um, and I had done some radio at the University of Bridgeport as well. Um, so probably my first or second week at Hofstra, I figured out where the radio station was and made my way down there. And I'll actually never forget, I, when I wa- walked in there, there were two people in the office at the time, Jason Levy and Jeff Krause were the two people who were there. And um, I don't know if anyone else has talked about it, but the setup was like, you know, the, there was offices at one end of a hallway, like down, like just as, as into an alcove of a hallway. And the studios were sort of at the other end of the building. So I hadn't even seen the studios yet. And I kind of wandered in and said, hey, I'd be interested in getting involved with the radio station. Um, and Jason said, hey, nice to meet you. And then, you know, Jeff Krause in his big, deep voice said, well, what are you going to do for us? Mm. And that was my introduction to Hofstra Radio WRHU. Wow. So this was in the basement of Memorial Hall, right? Yes. Okay. And where the um the was a bits and bites cafe was uh, right above us. Mm. Um so you you transferred to Hofstra specifically or or did you have it in mind to work at the radio station you were aware of it before you came to campus? I was aware. I grew up in West Hempstead, so I was aware of WRHU, you know, for certainly the latter part of my uh teen years into college. Um, and, you know, I had it in mind to become part of the radio station as I had done at uh, Bridgeport. Okay. So when you walked in and first met Jason and Jeff, you I assume you mentioned that you had had some experience at the University of Bridgeport and that you were, you were coming there with a specific purpose. Do you remember what that conversation was like? At the time, um, you know, I had wanted, I was a journalism major um, and I, you know, was interested in doing news on the station um, and Dave Mock um, was sort of the de facto news director at that time. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he actually had that title at that point in time. Uh, and they said I needed to talk to Dave Mock. Um, 
to do anything news related. And then Jeff started telling me about, you know, how I had to do all of this training, voice training, all this other stuff. And I said, hey, you know, I've done a lot of this. I have two years of experience and I pulled out some tapes. Um, And Jeff said, yeah, I'm not interested in your tapes. We train people our way here. Hmm. Um, And then I had to go figure out how to find a mock. Interesting. So, so you were, you were prepared almost like a job interview and Jeff said, well, we're going to teach you the way that we do it here. Um, Was that, did that, was that, uh, a sting at all, or was that just sort of like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna learn what they do here and and just go with it. It was a little bit of a sting. I think if I think you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, um, and you know you always have the ability to look back at something and say, hey, that probably ultimately helped me out a lot. Mm. Um, but at the time, you know, I was beginning an internship uh, with WGBB Radio and doing a little bit of on air work for WGBB Radio. I had done two years at the University of Bridgeport, and here's this guy with a deep voice telling me I don't know anything about what I'm doing. Mm. So I think in the moment, I had a lot of trouble understanding that. Um, But I also, knowing where I wanted to get to, I knew I needed to keep doing more on-air work. Um, So I'd also have to sort of kind of dig in and just say, okay, what do you got? Let's do it. Hmm. So um, do you remember meeting Dave Mock the first time? Do you remember tracking him down? I do. Um, And I can't remember the name of the show, but Dave did like a 15 or a 20 minute newscast, you know, at uh, like five or six o'clock at night. Um, And I was able to kind of get work my way back to Memorial Hall and kind of catch up with him. I think right as he finished up one night, and introduce myself to him and start of sort of lay out, hey, listen, I'd love to get involved and, you know, blah, 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 and all this other stuff um, and what I wanted to do. And Dave was like, okay, well, you can come in and write for us. Hmm. You know, in my mind, I was going to come in and, like, you know, start filing some reports and do some on-air work. You know, writing for this guy who was, you know, my age or younger wasn't really high on my list. Um, but, again, like having the ability to look a little bit long play – while dealing with the initial sting, I was like, okay, let's right away, man. How many days do you need me to do that? Hmm. So it's, it's really, uh, it's interesting to me that you were, you know, you knew what you wanted to do. You were focused, you were motivated. And then there are these, these, you know, in retrospect, probably small roadblocks in the way, but they were there and you said, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to buy in. I'm going to get into this thing and, and see what they've got here. I think that's really a, uh, very interesting and a testament to your your drive and and your ambitions. I had some so I had some help with that. I can't say that I had this like epiphany on my own. Um, at GBB, there are some really good people there. Um, this guy Rick Delisi mm-hmm. was uh, the morning host. Um, Joe Kleins was their news director, and they were like just keep getting experience. Just it doesn't matter. Focus on getting experience and whatever experience you get is going to help you in the long run. So just keep getting experience. Um, and that's kind of the way I looked at it was, okay, so I'll write a little bit. I was you know, writing for Joe Kleins at that point in time anyway. Um, you know, I was doing some stuff with some post-production stuff with Rick DeLisi. So I was like, fine, you know what? I, I've got some stuff going on on this side of things. So why don't I just, you know, get my skills a little bit better and I'll deal with whatever, you know, these guys want to toss at me as it comes up. 
Um, I, I got to work with, with Dave Mock for a few years, uh, a little bit later on. And I always thought of Dave as kind of the newsman's newsman, that he was very dedicated to the craft. He knew how to put together a story. And I'm just wondering um, what he taught you or showed you how to do. And then if, if you remember or can contrast what you were learning at WGBV. Um, I think... I think Dave and I worked really well together. Um, I think I probably not an easy way to say it. I don't think Dave was getting a lot of direction in mm -hmm. what to do day to day, moment to moment, um, with what was news at RHU in you know nineteen eighty seven ish, give or take a little bit. Um, I think everyone was happy that he was doing it um, and was you know willing to be dedicated to it. I think we learned a lot from each other about, you know, how to find different audio sources and start to mix in some audio to, to the broadcast. Um, you know, how to really start to dig into some local stories and, you know, do some, some coverage, um, some stuff along those lines. And I think writing for another person at that point in time really helped me out a lot because, you know, I had done some writing for Joe Kleins. I had done some writing for some of the folks at um, the University of Bridgeport and adding, you know, another voice to that was good because Dave was a, I mean, you know, you worked with him a little bit. Dave was a very um, old school news presenter, I guess is probably mm -hmm. the best way to say yep. it. Not necessarily the kind of people I had been working with um, up to that point in time, even though Dave was significantly younger than everyone I had worked with. Um, so sort of being able to blend into that really ended up helping me further along as I sort of set out on my own to start doing some stuff, you know, local radio in New York and eventually at CBS radio in New York. So I got there in, in 1990 and, and I met Dave, um, I don't know, sometime that, that, that fall, I'm sure. And I don't, I don't think this is it, but in, in my mind's eye picturing Dave, I, I sort of picture, you know, uh, I, I have an image of a photo of Ed Murrow sitting on his desk, you know, that, that he was dead. Like you said, that old school news style. I think that was, that was deeply ingrained in, in who he was and who he wanted to be. Um, so, so that's the, when you mentioned that, that, that was his style. It's very, uh, uh, evocative to me. It brings back good memories of working with him. You know, a, a funny story and, you know, Dave, you know, was a real, uh, a put together kind of guy. Um, and, he actually put a tie on to go into the studio to do that evening newscast that he did. Yeah, that's that's who that guy was. Mm. Oh, that's awesome. Um, all right, before before this becomes the Dave Mock retrospective, which which thank you for sharing those stories. I I, I can never get enough uh, Dave stories. You talked about going through. You know, Jeff Krause said you have to take the training classes here at WRHU. Do you remember anything from that? maybe people that you were in the classes with or who taught them or anything that was uh, really useful or relevant to where you were going? I want to say Tony Sibilla taught the engineering class, although I could be completely wrong about that. And I was in a group, and I don't remember who else was in it. Maria Ceballos might have been in it, but there were like three or four of us that Jeff was doing the voice part with. Hmm. Um, so the engineering side, I had known that, like, because I had, you know, University of Bridgeport behind me, I had the WGBB stuff I was currently doing. Um, so I was, I felt really comfortable on the engineering side and editing um, audio tape, which, as you know, Brian, mm -hmm. you know, 
back at that point in time that was like with a grease pencil and a razor blade and splicing tape. It wasn't you know, digital at, at any level. It was literally, you know, the little editing block and stuff. Um, so it was a very physical process. Um, the voice piece was, was, I thought I had worked really hard to get rid of my New York accent <laughs> until I started working with Jeff. And he would point it out every single time where I was swallowing an R, popping a P, burying a CK, those kind of things. Just really making sure I had that enunciation um, for the beginning, middle, and end of words. And then Jeff really, after that, through my time at Hofstra, really worked with me um, in, in, in not ignoring punctuation, but really using punctuation to help you with pacing, um, which is something that I had never really picked up on in, you know, I say my past experience at that point in time, which you know was really not that much, but it was you know three or four years of experience at that point in time. I never really understood um, the value that punctuation had to the spoken word. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, that is that is a key tip, and that's that's certainly very useful. And uh, you mentioned working with the the audio tape and the grease pencil, and I can I can remember the the Com Twenty One audio project where you would have to he uh, Jeff counted out of order and the extra breath in there, and I'm I'm having a very visceral flashback to those moments of trying to get that pacing correct. The good thing for me was is I didn't have to take those classes because I sort of got those on Bridgeport, so I transferred those in. So. You know, I came in and I didn't have to do any of those things, which I think annoyed a lot of people around the radio station that I didn't have to experience that, except I can remember people doing that and it just was nightmarish to them. Yeah. Did you come in with an FCC license already? I did. Do you remember getting on the air the first time, either behind the board or live on, on the mic or the first time that you got a story on the air? If that's, if that, if you can recall that, that's interesting. So the first time I got a story on the air was, I think it was the spring semester of my first year at Hofstra. Um, the professors went on strike mm. um, and basically shut the university down. So with not much else to do, you know, I became a field reporter. I had to, got a tape recorder and I was, you know, sitting at the negotiations with, you know, the guys from News 12 Long Island and Newsday and the New York Times um, and WCBS radio and 1010 wins radio and, you know, just covering the story and then sending, um, tape back to Dave mock, who was, you know, sort of anchoring the news coverage of the ongoing, um, teacher strike. Um, and that was really my first little bit of on air work was, you know, just doing that kind of, um, radio coverage, which was funny because the first radio coverage I had done it, uh, at Bridgeport was my third week of school in 1985, uh, Hurricane Gloria rolled in and we evacuated the campus. And I had been at the radio station for all of a week and a half. And they said, okay, talk to people as they're getting on the evacuation buses and let us know what the students are thinking. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's the, and, and after all that, you, you, you stuck with it. You didn't, uh, a lot of people would throw their hands up and say, I am not standing in the way of a hurricane. And, and you did that and kept coming back for more. I think because by the time it got there, the hurricane sort of fizzled out a little bit to like a, a wind-driven rainstorm. Um, it wasn't so bad. You know, I, I fast forward a little bit in my career. I, you know, was a hurricane chaser for a while. 
um, really like, you know, standing out in the Grand Banks and stuff like that in the middle of some really bad storms. And I think if that had happened to me in 1985, I'd have rethought things a little bit better. Yeah, certainly it's a, it's a formative experience. And, and uh, I, I, I guess, you know, at that age when you were, whether at Bridgeport or at Hofstra, were you thinking uh, about what kind of news you wanted to cover or what types of things or was it just whatever comes up? At that point in time, it was really just whatever comes up. Um, as I said, I had some really good sort of mentor types at that point in time, the guys from WGBB. Um, yeah, and they really hit ground me in just understanding the stories that I'm covering, whatever that story is at that moment in time. It was, you know, whether it was a, you know, a town supervisor's press conference um, or, you know, the people at, you know, some retirement home hosting second graders for dinner or something like that. Understand the story, understand the players in the story and take the time to tell the stories. Mm. And, I, and that serves me well and has continued to serve me well, you know, at you know this point in my life where I'm not really doing anything journalism related any longer, um, but still talk to people a lot and present to people a lot. Okay. Um, I want to go back to, I guess, your, your decision to, to leave Bridgeport and come back to Long Island. And really what I wanted to, to ask about was, was the internship at WGBB. Did you, uh, did you know someone at the station? Did you write in? Did you call ahead? Did you, you must've known already that you were coming back to Long Island at that point. And when did that internship start? Um, I knew I was coming back and I had, um, I had the opportunity while I was at Bridgeport. I can't remember the station, but I can remember the news director there, a woman named Becky Sukup, um, who I had interviewed for a class project, a journalism class project. And she was the one who got me on this path of, hey, experience, experience, experience is really what you need to focus on. Mm. So when I was looking to make that move, I had reached out to her and said, hey, you know, what do you think I should do? And she said, look at some local radio stations, you know, that are near you. There's a couple of little radio stations here and there. Send them a letter and see if they're looking for interns. You know, every, at that point in time, you know, it was, it was okay to work for free if you were getting college credit. So she was like, no one's going to turn down free help. So you go in one or two days a week and you know, really sort of get the feel for it. Um, and it was based on that recommendation. I started reaching out and um, Joe Kleins, the news director at GBB, was the one who called me back and said, "Hey, we, you know, come on in. We'd love to have you." Wow, very cool. Um, so back to your early days at WRHU, you've mentioned some some names, some very important names in the station's history. But who else was around that was helpful or uh, that you made friends with in those early days that helped you, you know, get settled there? Um, I really can't say enough about, um, Andrew Schmertz, Doug Oaken and Rich Radabali and Steve Oling. Mm. Um, you know, the, the sort of the four of us sort of same level of experience at the college radio station at that point in time, um, were really able to sort of help each other. And I, you know, Rich ascended to, I think it was like the program director, maybe the station manager at some point in time. Um, you know, Steve Oling was on the sports side of things. Um, Andrew ascended into some stuff at the radio station. So we really were able to start to work things out that way and, and really sort of um, enjoy what we were doing at the college radio station. And Jeff let us have fun 
doing it at a college radio station to his credit. Um, you know, kept on us, you know, made sure we didn't go too far, let us know when we went too far. But Jeff did a really good job about really working with us in that area. All right. So I had another question in mind, but this this begs the question that um, you, you're suggesting that, that Jeff was keeping an eye on you and you were doing things that were fun. What was something that was right on the edge of don't do that or don't do it that way that Jeff kind of walked you guys back from and said, you can do that, but here are the rules or here's some advice or something like that. So I have a better story than this, but it doesn't fit your question. Okay, well, um, we'll run with it, whatever. <laughs> now I'll, I'll answer your question. Uh, we can always come back to the other story. Um, it was the station's anniversary, and I, you know, I can't remember what it was—thirty years, something like that, whatever it was. Um, and they were doing like these on-air promo kind of things, and it was probably Andrew and I started. We were messing around in one of the production studios, and. We basically were taking the promos and just making fun of them, so scraping the bottom of the barrel and you know, sort of all of this stuff. Jeff actually came in and lend his, lend his voice to it. Wow. And he said, by the way, if I ever hear this on the air, you're all fired. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so he, he could acknowledge that you were, you were making fun and, and having it and participate, but also this stays here. That's awesome. Right. And, you know, and, you know, he came in like he worked with us in, you know, the, 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 the studio, you know, making sure you know, we had a cut right and it sounded good and, you know, it was mixed properly. Um, just, you know, never, it never saw the light of day. I, I can, I can almost hear his voice saying something to the effect of, if you're going to make fun of something, do it right and do it this way. Fundamentally, that was the message, <laughs> and, and and it got to you know know your subject matter and you know just own it. When did you feel comfortable at the station, either on the social level, getting to know these guys, or getting on the air and working in the news department? Do you think it was it was pretty quick, or was there a moment that said, "Yeah, I belong here. This is great." Um, I think it was pretty quick. Um, you know, the you know when you you. you when you kind of sat down and looked around a little bit, um, you know, you looked out, you know, at like um, Stu Rushfield, Marshall Hausfeld, and some of the sports guys, and they had it tight. They had it together. They were really good at what they did. Um, you kind of looked at Dave Mock and what he was doing in the news area. He was really good at it. Um, and you listened to some of the shows, um, you know, like, um, what was his name? Uh, Clive Young and people like that, you know, programming different stuff. Um, they sort of had it together. So you got the sense that, hey, yeah, it's a college radio station, um, but it's not like miles away from what you're going to do um, in a commercial radio station. And by the way, I was working at a commercial radio station at the time. And in a lot of ways, there were a lot of parallels between what was going on at that commercial radio station, what was going on, on at RHU. So I felt like from a professional level, um, there was there was a good amount of that there. And then it was just, you know, hey, meeting people and, you know, seeing, hey, this is someone I like. This is someone, you know, I could work with. This is someone, you know what, if I don't see them again, that's fine. But if I need to work with them, I could do that as well. So from that perspective, I think it was a great mix of people who were there. Um, and I think, you know, Jeff, and Suze's and some of that station management were willing to give us the opportunity to go have some fun and enjoy ourselves. 
Um, we've got the benefit of hindsight and these memories and the experience and what you brought into your professional life. And I think we kind of hit on this earlier um, in that you were transferring to Hofstra for very specific reasons. But can you go back to your mindset as, uh, I guess, about a 19, 20-year-old transferring to Hofstra Radio? And what did you think or what did you hope WRE2 would mean to you at that time? Honestly, um, I was hoping to get a kick-ass tape. I figured I had two years to do what I could do and really pull together a great tape so I can get out into the world and do this stuff. And and it turned out to be that and more, I assume. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it, wor- it worked out really well. I mean, you know, I, you know, I had I probably had Hofstra radio stuff on my tape um, probably through my first three years of professional radio life um, because some of the stuff was just good. Um, you know, whether it was, you know, a live interview with um, a congressman or, you know, um, covering election night uh, at the town of Hempstead or something like that. Um, I had legitimate stuff that was well done and it sounded good. Um, so, you know, it worked out well for me. Ethan, this has been uh, a lot of fun. I really love these stories and I greatly appreciate your time in doing this. And uh, as we discussed earlier uh, off mic, you, uh, you've got more stories and I'll have more questions and I look forward to doing this again sometime. Great. Brian, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And thank you for all that you're doing. This is, these have been phenomenal.